The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with host Kristen Harper. She's here to give you those extra tips that you don't always get from other health and wellness programs. Kristen has all the bases covered and just a bit more. Now, here is your host, Kristen Harper. Good afternoon, listeners. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel and also on X. And I'm super excited about today's episode. My special guest is Del Bigtree. I really like him a lot, and we will be talking about the nationwide national measles outbreak reported by time with Vax producer Del Bigtree. And I would uh, like to uh, talk to him about his documentary Vax from cover up to catastrophe the nationwide uh, measles outbreak reported by time, uh, the adverse effects of vaccines. Um, Also, Vax was actually pulled from Amazon streaming. And I have other questions for him. And if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, please send me an email to Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at kristenharperspeaks.com. Your business will get a lot of exposure because Voice America is the largest live internet radio network in the world, and KFNX is the largest terrestrial radio network in Phoenix, Arizona, and also was just recently interviewed on the Day LaFitte podcast. You can find that on social media. You can find all my uh, social media links on voiceamerica.com. Go to my radio show page, tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. On the right-hand side, you will see all my social media links. And De La Fit podcast, um, you can find that podcast. They are on, this podcast is on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spreaker, and more. And basically during the interview, I talked about hair analysis, adrenal fatigue, health and wellness, and more. And then also my two websites, perfecthealthconsultingservices.com. I do offer hair analysis packages to balance body chemistry naturally and to increase energy. And then also I'm a health and wellness speaker, and that speaking website is Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, harperspeaks.com. And... Let me, before I bring Dell on here, let me go over his bio. Dell Bigtree is one of the preeminent voices of the vaccine risk awareness movement around the world. He is the founder of the nonprofit Informed Consent Action Network and host of a rapidly growing internet talk show, The High Wire, boasting over 33 million views to date. Dell's multi-pronged approach incorporates legal, legislative, and media actions to expose the fraud, lies, and conflicts of interest that have allowed the pharmaceutical industry to evade 
standardized safety testing for vaccines, the collusion between government agencies and the pharmaceutical industry, now the most powerful lobby in Washington, has led to a dramatic increase in vaccine injuries, estimated to be as high as 5.9 million cases per per year in the U.S. alone. Despite mainstream media sources such as the New York Times and Washington Post blames so-called anti-vaxxers for the growing trend of vaccine hesitancy, Dell has focused a spotlight on the real issue, the shocking lack of credible vaccine science. Dell's foray into the vaccine issue was anything but intentional. After spending a decade celebrating great doctors, cutting-edge surgeries, and medical breakthroughs as a producer on the Dr. Phil show and the CBS medical talk show, the doctors, it was a routine investigation into the story of a whistleblower at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, when every news agency and television, including the doctors, refused to cover the story of Dr. William Thompson, a senior scientist at the CDC who had provided over 10,000 documents to support his claim that the agency had destroyed scientific evidence proving a connection between vaccines and autism. Dell put his career on the line and left network television to make one of the most controversial documentaries in history, Vax from Cover Up to Catastrophe. And uh, I mean, if, you want to, if you'd like to, Adele has a very long bio, and you can uh, read the rest at icandecide.org. And uh, he has appeared on several primetime news networks, including ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Uh, he has worked directly with the likes of Robert Kennedy Jr., Robert De Niro, Jenny McCarthy, etc. Uh, Dell, it's an honor to have you on my show. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're you're most welcome. And um, I just uh, really uh, respect you. I I really do like you, and I feel like you're making a difference in this world. And uh, I feel that. This problem that we have with vaccines today is, is one of the biggest problems right now in the world, and you're totally making a difference. And I know a lot of people like you, Dell. I've I hear it often, especially like on social media. And uh, so, uh, for my listeners that have never, let's say that some of my listeners haven't watched Vax yet, your documentary, would you please be able to you know just give a summary? Of what it's about? Yeah. Um, so I, you know, as you pointed out, I was a producer on the medical talks for the doctors. Uh, and I was known to do controversial stories. Um, I always liked to investigate industries that were poisoning people or had products that they'd lied about or, you know, devices. And so, um, I had a lot of inside sources for big stories like that, uh, and doctors and whistleblowers would reach out to me because they knew that I had discretion and that um, if I was going to do the story, that I would do it in an appropriate way. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. I had a scientist that I had done a story with a year earlier in 2014, and when I was working with him, he said, you know, you may not want to have me on your show because... I'm considered a quack. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, if you look online, there's a lot of things written about me that had nothing to do with the story that I was doing, by the way. But he said, I'm one of these doctors and 
scientists that actually believe that vaccines cause autism. And because of that, a lot of people in media write stories about me and say that I'm crazy. And I was like, oh, well, I still want to keep you in the story that we're talking about, which has nothing to do with vaccines or autism. And I said, and, you know, honestly, the, the standpoint of the doctor's television show is that vaccines don't cause autism. That's the going thought on, on that scientifically. But since you're in the middle of it and it's obviously something you care about, I'll never turn down the story. There would have to be a major change in this discussion. There would be some big event. Or, and if something like that happens, let me know. And, uh, and so sure enough, a year later, that same scientist reached out to me and said, you remember when you said if something big was going to change on this discussion of vaccine and autism, I should call you. I said, yes. And he said, well, it's going to happen in two weeks. A scientist at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, one of our top epidemiologists that's been involved in the vaccine safety studies uh, for our, our childhood vaccine program, he's going to come forward in two weeks and say that they've committed scientific fraud um, on the autism safety studies, and specifically a study between 2000 and 2004 that looked at the MMR vaccine, the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, and its causal relationship to autism. Um, and I thanked him for the tip. I pitched it to the show. I said, I think I've got to jump on a story that is going to be the biggest medical story, maybe in history, if it proves to be true. I'd like to investigate it. And my producer said, you're not going near that story. We're not going to piss off the CDC, who are good friends of ours that invite us behind the scenes every time there's a flu outbreak. We also have medical sponsors that would be angry at us for doing that story. So lay off. And, you know, that's what happens when you work in television. And I was aware of it. I mean, I, I knew that we had a medical talk show. Most of our funding and most of the advertising around our show was pharmaceutical interests. And so it made sense to me that we wouldn't cover it. But I thought to myself, well, when, if this guy comes forward in two weeks and says what the scientist has told me, he's going to say that I actually feel responsible for autism because the CDC, the most important government agency in America, and therefore leading the world, uh, has been a part of a fraud in hiding the truth from people. That's going to be a big story, and Fox will cover it, CNN will cover it, MSNBC will cover it, and then once they've covered it, maybe I'll get a second crack at it. And I was just thinking like a journalist, and I'll go back and say, hey, now that the world is talking about this issue, can we do a perspective from the doctor's television shows and from medical talk show? And that was my thinking. Uh, and sure enough, two weeks later, uh, videos and, and statements online, recorded interviews with Dr. William Thompson came out, and he was saying exactly that, that, you know, we, we hid the data. We, we, we hid important data that would have showed a causal relationship between vaccines and autism he said, every time I see a child with autism, I feel guilty. I can't believe we did what we did. Uh, and nobody covered it. Not Fox, not CNN, not MSNBC. Nobody covered what should have been the biggest medical story of the week, even if the story, maybe of the decade, perhaps ever. Uh, and not only, I mean, they could have covered it anyway. They could have said crazy scientist loses his mind. It would still be a huge story. And... The only glimpse of it was someone posted the story to iReport on CNN, had iReport, where people could report, and CNN took it down. And it became apparent to me that there was a major cover-up going on in the story that not only was my show being produced by the pharmaceutical industry, I discovered at that moment all of television appears to be produced by the pharmaceutical industry. And so then I set about through a series of incredible 
coincidences or miracles, I ended up finding Dr. Andrew Wakefield, who's already working on the documentary, and we finished the film together, and that ended up being Baxt. And at the heart of Baxt, essentially, is one of our top scientists who still works at the CDC. I'm getting asked that question all the time. Where is he now? He still works at the CDC. He's still one of our top scientists. I think he just received another award this year. He stands by what he said and the 10,000 documents he's provided to me and journalists and also uh, um, Governor, I mean, um, Congressman Bill Posey's office in Florida, uh, where you can get the records. Um, and the story goes that he and five scientists who were known to work on vaccine safety studies were asked to look at the MMR autism connection. They did. They looked at 3,000 children in the Atlanta school district. There's a large African-American population. He charted and graphed. They had all of the medical information. They graphed the autistic children along with those that have been vaccinated at times they were vaccinated. And they discovered that the African-American children were 2.64 times more likely, so 260% more likely to develop autism. They got the vaccine. When we're told to get the vaccine by the CDC between 12 and 18 months, compared to those children that had delayed and waited to get the MMR shot at three years old, for those that had waited, they were healthier, uh, but those that got it on time, 2.6 times more likely. And then when he knew that boys would suffer worse and, and get more diagnosis of autism. He looked at just African-American boys and it skyrocketed to 3.5 times more likely to develop autism. Then he looked at children who are perfectly healthy of every race uh, to sort of figure out how to find this story that we're hearing all around the world, which was that my child received the MMR vaccine and regressed into autism. They were perfectly healthy, you know, top ranked, APGAR scores and all the baby, you know, visits were great until this vaccine. So they created a group called Isolated Autism, where they only looked at children that were perfectly healthy for the first year of life that had no other comorbid morbidities, is what they call it, no deafness or hearing or eyesight problems or epilepsy or seizures, any of those things. They were perfectly healthy. When they looked at only those children, uh, the risk of, of getting autism after being vaccinated on time increased to seven times more likely. You're seven times more likely in the study to get autism if you got the vaccine between 12 and 18 months compared to the children that had waited until after three years old. Now, remember, this study only looked at vaccinated children. There were no unvaccinated children in the study. All we know is that the babies that delayed a year and a half had much lower risks of autism. We have no idea what the number would be if you compared those vaccinated children on time that were seven times more likely than those that received the vaccine a year and a half later. What if they'd be compared to children that never received the vaccine at all? That number, you know, one could guess could be astronomical. And that's a study that we have asked to have happen um, and has been requested by medical institutions, the Institute of Medicine, uh, and all of our health departments refuse to ever do a comparative study like that, comparing fully vaccinated children to fully unvaccinated children, and then tell us whether or not you're healthier if you're vaccinated. And that's really at the heart of my investigation now. How safe are our vaccines? Are we actually healthier because of them? And all I've done is read medical journals and science from around the world, most of it from our own health departments, Health and Human Services and CDC. And I've been involved in an investigation now for three years since making Baxt. 
that's only looked at one word, safety. How safe are they? And it's been a shocking and scary revelation to find that there's never been an actual safety study of a single childhood vaccine. We've never gone through trials where they were compared to an inert placebo, which is the scientific method. And now we know our children are part of the greatest medical experiment in history. So I'm sure we're going to get into more details about that. Yes, and actually, we're um, going to a short break, but I would like to talk about that because, Dell, um, just recently on social media, there was a, a video of you, and you actually talked about this, that there has not been any placebo double-blind studies found in any of the 16 childhood vaccines. Uh, so there, there, there has not been a childhood vaccine uh, not one that has established a safety control. And this is really concerning. And so I would like to talk about this when we get back from a break. And this is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel and also on KFNX. And my special guest is Vax producer Del Bigtree. And today's episode is all about the nationwide measles outbreak reported by time. Please stay tuned and we'll be back very soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to kristenharperspeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, perfecthealthconsultingservices.com and k-r-i-s-t-e-n harperspeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at kristenharperspeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at kristenharperspeaks.com. Now, back to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated 
are back. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness channel and also on KFNX. And today's episode is all about the nationwide measles outbreak reported by Time. And my special guest is Del Big Tree. And uh, Del. Uh, Time reported, and this was back in March, that there's this nationwide measles outbreak, and the CDC reported that there were 159 individual cases of measles across 10 states. This has been since January 1st of this year. And then also uh, Time reported that there's measles cases around the world, uh, including uh, Ukraine, 35,120 cases of measles in 2018. Uh, Brazil last year was reported at 10,262 measles cases. Would you be able to comment on this? Um, Well, first of all, I, I mostly really only discuss issues happening in America. Right. A lot of times we talk about world numbers, we talk about third world numbers, and if you're going to talk about the third world, that's where you get like this big fear of death. Lots of people die of the measles when they're malnourished, when they have flies gathering around their lips and distended stomachs, then yes, measles can be deadly. But my comment really about this measles outbreak, for me, is who cares? I don't care. I don't think it's an issue. Um and I know that that might be shocking to some people, but I wasn't raised to fear measles. No one in my family or my history or anyone in human history ever feared the measles until recently. Uh, my grandmother who had the measles, my grandfather did not fear the measles. I have no story in my family of anyone, Uncle Larry or anybody dying of the measles. This is a concocted fabrication of fear by the pharmaceutical industry to get us to sign away the rights to our bodies so that they can inject us through our government agencies, whatever, whatever they want. Um, there are no deaths. Even though they call it deadly, they should be embarrassed as journalists and every news agency in this country to keep referring to this thing as deadly when we've had decades of measles outbreaks. This one's a big one, I guess, because there's now 700 and something people Literally tens of people per state now have the measles. Um, and the last big event was the Disneyland outbreak in California that led to about 640 people with the measles. Uh, it should be a non-story. Nobody died. Nobody died in Disneyland. Nobody's dying now. How they call it deadly is amazing. I've been interviewed by Inside Edition and news agencies because a lot of us keep posting the Brady Bunch episode where the whole family gets the measles and they're giggling and laughing. And the quote is, gee, if you're going to get sick, you sure can't beat the measles. And people will say to me, how are you discussing a scientific issue using the Brady Bunch? Well, the Brady Bunch represents the, the sentiment of the times. Before there was a vaccine, there was no fear of this disease. There's also a, you know, Simpsons episode where they get the measles, there's movies where they get the measles, and every time it's portrayed as a non-event. And now the media and the people like Paul Offit will say that the reason we don't fear the measles is because the vaccine has been so effective that we've forgotten how dangerous it is. 
We haven't forgotten. Every time you look into history, what do you do? You look at the historical writings of the time. How is it described? In our instance, we have television, and we could see how the television was covering this, and it was had a laugh track to it. So what has changed? Has the disease gotten more dangerous than it was? Are people sicker than they once were and less capable of handling it? I guess we could have discussions about those things. All I know is I don't see anyone dying. And I also think that when we look at this, what we're calling an outbreak, it's really two large groups, one in Washington, uh, a European group that have religious beliefs that keep them from vaccinating, and also a large group uh, of the Jewish community in, in New York uh, that are all um, getting measles. And really, most of the outbreaks in history have had about an equal amount of vaccinated and unvaccinated people getting the measles, and the argument could be made that the vaccine was failing. In this case, I will say it's mostly unvaccinated people, but how do you call something an outbreak when the people in the outbreak are trying to get the disease? That's what's happening. These people have a belief that they're healthier once they've had the disease. They also live in a climate where the media is making it like you're a murderer if you are not vaccinated, especially if you could carry the measles. In Rockland County, New York, they wanted to quarantine the Jewish community, keep them from going into public places, including their own synagogues during Passover, something we haven't seen since the Holocaust. You know, an oppression upon a people, really what's driving this measles outbreak is the oppressive laws themselves saying, we're going to quarantine you. We're going to quarantine your families. We're going to arrest you. We're going to take your children away if you don't vaccinate. Well, these communities that don't vaccinate based on religious belief are saying to themselves, you know what? Let's go ahead and get the measles. We're not terrified of it, just the way Del Bigtree's not. None of our grandparents were afraid of it. All of television used to laugh about it. So let's get it out of the way. And so they're going and, and gathering together to get the measles on purpose so that their children can never be quarantined again, so that they can't be treated like second-class citizens ever again, and so that they will have lifelong immunity. Their children will have the superior lifelong immunity that only having the disease will give them compared to the inferior immunity, which will require five vaccines so far, two as a child, one they're thinking of adding as in college, and two more that are on the adult CDC schedule because the vaccine wears off. Now, you can continue to keep injecting yourself with those products, and I say it's like this. Some people want to drive a Ferrari. They want to have the best immunity there is. If you want a Pinto, if you want to keep going into the shop and re-upping on something that's not working very long, go ahead. But you can't force the rest of us to drive that car. That is what's happening. For people that are not vaccinating, they are not afraid of the measles. And I've been, I'm have reporting in the Washington Post yesterday, as now I'm personally responsible for spreading the measles and for creating the outbreak. I assure you, I did not personally meet with Moses, who was not vaccinated. I did not, con I did not convince from the dawn of time, the ultra-Orthodox Jewish community to not vaccinate, nor did I convince the people from Europe that are not vaccinated in Washington to not vaccinate. It's a ludicrous idea. And frankly, I think we should all be embarrassed with the overhype and sensationalism that is being clearly driven by the most powerful lobby in Washington, 
which is the pharmaceutical industry, is outspending oil and gas two to one, a terrifying notion that an industry that has paid out billions of dollars for lying about safety and killing people with drugs all the time, that this product that they're getting away with making everybody terrified of the measles. And then, of course, they know they own the television. This isn't a conspiracy theory. We know that 50 to 75% based on the network of funding of the commercials you're watching are paid for by the very institutions that make vaccines. So, of course, your news anchors are only covering one side of the story. Be afraid, be afraid, be very afraid. But the people getting the measles are not afraid, are not afraid. They're jumping on trampolines in their backyards. They're drinking water and they're, they're taking vitamin A. In four or five days, they're going to have awesome lifetime immunity. And by the way, they're going to be the only true pillar of herd immunity that will exist in that community. They are the only ones that will stand in defiance to future measles outbreaks because they cannot get it the rest of their lives. How's that for my thoughts? Oh, I, I loved your comments, Del. And, uh, <laughs> and so basically it's like I, I first want to tell my listeners they need to watch your documentary. I've watched it. It's amazing. Vax, that's number one. And then also I, I truly feel that people need to take care of themselves. You know, parents and families, everyone should be eating healthy, living a healthy lifestyle to prevent illness. And also, I don't know, Del, if you've read this book, but I love it. And I actually recently um, bought it. Um, Dr. Suzanne Humphrey, she has a book out, uh, Dissolving Illusions. And uh, it's basically uh, disease, vaccines, and the forgotten history. So if you want to, like, actually yeah. learn the history, um, of, I, I encourage my listeners uh, to uh, read this book. It is so amazing. And... Um, so um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the best books out there. It's a fantastic book. And what it really deals with is that question. Well, what about polio? What about smallpox? Suzanne Humphreys investigates all the literature of the time. They didn't have televisions or Brady Bunch to refer to. Instead, we have to go to the writings by the doctors and scientists of the time. And we've only been told one side of that story. We don't see all the doctors that were speaking out against the vaccine program, talking about the people it was killing and the diseases it was spreading uh, and the other potential reasons that were on the table for why people were experiencing paralytic disease that hadn't happened to them uh, throughout time. I mean, we have always had polio. Uh, it was prevalent just like right now. You have strep infection. You have strep on your body. You have MRSA on your body. You have these bacteria and microbes and viruses on your body. The question shouldn't be how do we eradicate the millions of microbes that are on this planet. The question should be why are those that do fall prey to them, what was wrong with their immune system? What could we have done to avoid that? That's never the thought in medicine. Instead, it's how do I sell a product to millions of unsuspecting people that they probably don't need? And that's the vaccination program. Right. So this, um, I, like I mentioned, I uh, saw you on video recently on social media, and uh, you brought up that there hasn't been a safety control. There hasn't been any placebo double-blind studies found for any of the 16 yeah. childhood vaccines. Would you be able to discuss a little bit more about this in, sure. in terms of your investigation? This is really important. And this, to me, is, this to me is so frightening. 
Yeah, it's it's really shocking, and it's not. And, and I'll remind people: I made a living celebrating doctors, celebrating science. I won an Emmy award after six years of being passionate about doctors, miracle workers. I so believe in great medicine, I can't tell you. Uh, but I also know the truth when I see it, and I know what's important, and I know what how scientific studies are supposed to work. So beyond facts. I've been looking for good science. Where is the good science that supports this vaccine program? And instead, all I keep uncovering is more and more really distressing information and lack of, of decent science. And so the biggest question, we um, people might remember right after Donald Trump got into office, he uh, had met with Bobby Kennedy, Robert Kennedy Jr., one of the world's leading environmental attorneys, won more lawsuits against Exxon and, and people poisoning the environment and industries poisoning the environment, maybe more than any other lawyer alive. Great work, a great man, met with Donald Trump, and Donald Trump said, I want you to lead a vaccine safety commission. Donald Trump had expressed that he had some concerns about the vaccine program when he was in debates uh, for the presidency. And so that that never really came to full fruition. I think a lot of pressure from the pharmaceutical industry came down upon the Trump administration. But Donald Trump did set up a meeting for, for uh, Bobby Kennedy uh, at the National Institute of Health back in early 2017. Um, and it was all of the heads of our health department, our, you know, the world heads. They were talking head of infectious disease for America, Tony Fauci, head of the National Institute of Health. Francis Collins and other great luminaries in our immunology and autism specialists, about 12 to 15 people. Uh, I was a part of that delegation, and we got together with Bobby beforehand, lawyers, scientists, and doctors, and laid out all of the issues we saw in the vaccine program and put together a PowerPoint, which anyone can, can see that PowerPoint. Uh, there's videos of me doing it, Bobby. You can find that at my nonprofit website, ICanDecide.org. But we presented the Vaccine Safety Project, a PowerPoint that laid out all the issues we had with the very agencies we were meeting with. And here was the, one of the number one discussions, and the simplest one to understand. We said, when we look at the FDA website, it says that vaccines are tested in, in, in a very robust manner, manner to prove that they're safe. And when we look at the FDA's description of what good testing is when it comes to pharmaceutical products, they describe the double-blind inert placebo study as being the gold standard, meaning all pharmaceutical products are tested in a placebo study. One group in a brand-new drug will, in a trial, They'll use thousands, sometimes 10,000 or more people in a study. Half of the group will get the new drug, and half will get a pill that looks just like the drug, is painted like it, and we will track their health outcomes for five, sometimes 10 years. That's how drugs get approved. It's called double-blind because neither the people in the study, the, 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 the patients that are taking part in it, or the scientists themselves that are working for the manufacturer, uh, there's a reason why we don't want them to be able to manipulate the study. So no one knows who got what. And at the end of that study, we chart, you know, chart out all the, the statistics and information we have on them on a computer. And we ask questions like, who had more cancer? Who had more, you know, how many people got diabetes? How many people got uh, autoimmune disease? You know, things like that. And then when it's all over, we unmask it, meaning we now we show the, you know, what group got what, 
And if the drug ended up having more cases of cancer and, and, and you know, noticeable difference in the amount of autoimmune disease, it doesn't get approved. But if it seems to have what we call the safety profile similar to that the nerve placebo group that weren't getting anything except either a sugar pill or if it was an injectable product, a saline injection, if the health outcomes are about the same, then we say the drug's safe and we put it on the market. So we said at the National Institute of Health, we can't find a single double-blind study using an inert placebo, a saline injection, in any of the trials for the 16 vaccines we give our children in 72 doses. Can you tell us where are we looking? We've looked all over every government website. We've combed the CDC's website, Health and Human Services. We've covered the manufacturer's websites, Merck, Sanofia Ventus, you know, GlaxoSmithKline. We cannot find this study anywhere. Are you doing them and not, we don't have that information in front of us, or are you not doing double-blind studies? And they sat there. There was like a silence in the room. And one of the scientists down the table said, oh, well, we do those studies. Uh, we do placebo studies. Of course we do. We just do them in very early trials, stage one and stage two trials, not the stage three, which tends to be reported on. And we said, right, we're sitting at the National Institute of Health. You have all the records of all the science that's ever been done. We are here for this information. You knew we were coming for this information. So please, someone provide us with the, the placebo studies right now. And they all looked at each other. Again, silence. And then finally, Tony Fauci, head of infectious disease, blurts out, we don't do inert placebo studies for vaccines because it would be unethical. And a couple other people looked at each other, and then they all started repeating, that's right, it's unethical. That's why we don't do them. And they all came to a consensus right there in that room. And we've continued to challenge this. We've put forward different documents, and, and now they stand by that. What the, the mainstream uh, medical uh, establishment will say to you is we don't do placebo studies for vaccines because it would be unethical. Essentially, this actually happened very early on in vaccines. They took them out of being called pharmaceuticals. The reason being they were worried that smallpox could maybe be weaponized or a, or a, or a disease could be weaponized, an infectious disease. So in case that happens, what they said is we would have to be able to ramp up a new vaccine very quickly. Let's change the categorization. Even though it is a drug, even though it's made by the same pharmaceutical industry, let's categorize it as a biologic so that it never has to go through those safety studies so it won't take too long to put it out. You can see some of the reasoning on that, but essentially it's very dangerous because unlike drugs, like a cancer drug or an AIDS drug that we even, a lot of what Donald Trump has talked about is we need to back off on the regulations that keep people from using trial drugs when they're dying. But think about it. Our ethics in medicine says even if you're dying of AIDS or dying of cancer, it's more important that we keep the trial for safety on this new drug all the way to the end of the five years or 10 years, and you're going to die during that period of time but it's more important that we establish safety than give you the option, which you would obviously take because you're dying anyway. This is a big discussion in the Trump administration right now. So the ethics would say we will make you wait for that placebo study even though you're dying. Now, think about a vaccine. That's given to a perfectly healthy child. Nowhere near dying is thriving, is thriving. You would think that the, the safety study would be even more robust since you're giving this product to a child that's perfectly and currently healthy. But that's not the case. 
In the end, they don't and never have done a safety study against placebo, which means there's no scientific way to actually say unequivocally vaccines are safe. They do it. They say vaccines are safe and effective all the time ad nauseum, but scientifically, they cannot make that statement because they've never compared it to a placebo group, and that's a problem. That means that the 16 vaccines we are giving our kids that they've ethically decided to give their children products that have never been tested for safety and and ultimately have never tested the synergistic effect of multiple vaccines, sometimes up to 10 vaccines at two months, four months, six months old baby visits. We've never tested what happens when you give all those vaccines at one time, something that's never happened in nature. You know, in nature, you don't get 10 diseases at one time, yet that's what we're doing to our children. And lastly, they will say, well, we don't have to do those studies now because we've been using the vaccine program so long and clearly it's working because there are no side effects. And I say, really? What is the proof of that? Are, we, are you saying to look at the health of our society, that's what's deciding it's safe? Fine. I will. And I have a problem with it. This is the sickest generation of children we have ever had in the United States of America. This is, this is the sickest nation of children in the industrialized world. We're the most vaccinated nation, and we have the sickest kids in the industrialized world. Really quickly, you may have a commercial break coming, but if you don't, here it is. Here are the stats, the known stats by all of our health agencies. We have more babies die on the first day of life than every other industrialized nation combined. That was reported by CBS. We have more babies dying in the first year of life than the 20 other richest nations in the world. It was just reported, I believe, it, I forget by who, but in multiple agencies, that you're 70% more likely to die before reaching the age of 18 in the United States of America than the 20 other richest nations in the world. It's also been reported that we have the worst maternal mortality rate in the industrialized world. We have more women dying while pregnant than the rest of the industrialized world. Um, we have gone from 12.8% chronic illness in our children in the 1980s when we only got 10 vaccines before we took liability away when you could still sue the industry to then we took liability away in 1986 the vaccine program exploded to the 72 vaccines we now get. And we've gone from 12.8% chronic illness, meaning lifelong autoimmune diseases and neurological disorders, 12.8% in the 80s, now 54% of America's children have either a neurological or autoimmune disease, a chronic illness that will be with them for life. Those are horrific records. In fact, they represent the greatest decline in public health in human history, and certainly the greatest decline in child health in the industrialized world and in human history. So if that's what our medical establishment is going to point to as proof that the vaccine program is working, I think it's backfiring. And that's why the people that are not vaccinating are, are representing and are studying and looking at the science and reading the vaccine inserts and the ingredients and listening to the eyewitness stories that are in the millions of people that are being and witnessing injury to their children. That's why this is the fastest growing movement in the world. And though the World Health Organization will tell you that vaccine hesitancy represents one of the 10 greatest health threats in the world, it re the vaccine hesitancy simply represents one of the greatest threats, the pharmaceutical takeover of health. Uh, Dell, I love your passion. I absolutely love it. 
And, and what I'd like to do, because we have about 10 minutes left, and I decided I don't want to go to a second break because I have more questions. I just would love to continue our conversation here. And so um, basically, um, I don't know if you've even noticed this, Dell, but um, basically, like, if you go to YouTube and you type in, like, vaxxed, um, anything about vaccines, um, especially vaxxed, at the very bottom of the video, you'll see a little message uh, that states, and this is from YouTube. I was just shocked. This is actually the first time I've seen this. At the very like bottom of the video, it states vaccine controversies, vaccine hesitancy, a reluctance or refusal to be vaccinated or to have one's children vaccinated is identified by the World Health Organization as one of the top 10 global health threats of 2019. And, there, and this is yeah. and this is happening on YouTube now. I don't know if you've even seen that, but it's. I've seen it, and you know, there's 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 reasons for all of that, and it's really it's really sad, and it's a very scary time here in America. Yes. Um, we knew, you know, once we made back, once we saw what Dr. William Thompson was saying. I mean, it, we didn't treat the whistleblower that came forward against the tobacco industry the way we treated Dr. William Thompson. We didn't sleep it under the rug. We didn't. You know, we didn't say this isn't happening. We investigated it. That's not what's happening with vaccines. Our government is committed to this program. They've made a major mistake. If they admit to that mistake, the product they forced on their own citizens, then the liability and the injury. And I think the amount of, of lack of confidence we'd have in the government has really got them in a pickle. Um, but we knew by presenting the science, which is all I do, all I do on my show every week, The High Wire with Dell Bigtree, you can see it on Facebook and YouTube. I, I, have, I simply you can type in a word into the search and we send you all the documents we're, we're referring to, all the, the published science that we discuss. I am totally transparent about where my information comes from, unlike the pundits on CNN and the medical people that keep saying, don't listen to Elbatrius misinformation, vaccines save lives, vaccines make you healthier, yet they cite no proof whatsoever except the bumps of bumper sticker slogans. But here's what's amazing. We knew that we had growing science all over the world. We knew we were showing that there was no safety studies. We could show the destruction of public health. We could prove it all scientifically. And we knew that that was going to be problematic and that we would really start a battle with the pharmaceutical industry. What I did not expect was for the Constitution of the United States of America to be thrown away so quickly. Adam Schiff, representative, a Democrat, who, and by the way, I am still a registered Democrat. I was raised a progressive liberal in Boulder, Colorado. I'm an outspoken environmentalist, just like Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, but to watch our own party, to watch Adam Schiff reach out to YouTube and Facebook and on Instagram, all of these social media platforms, and say, you must censor anyone that questions the safety of vaccines. You must take down their sites. You must stop them being able to communicate their so-called misinformation. And he reached out to Amazon and said, you cannot allow people to watch films like Vast and Trace Amounts and Bought. And they took down our links that were free. We had a contract with Amazon Prime that you were going to be able to see Vast for free forever. And they took it down. That is censorship. That is book burning. That is a destruction of freedom of speech. If social media 
And the numbers of people that communicate there, just like we broke up phone companies because they were becoming a conglomerate, Facebook is a communication space that has now got a responsibility to the public. For a government official to reach out to that communication space and say, censor speech is the end of your First Amendment rights, your right to free speech, your right to free assemble, your right to make decisions for your family, to your religious beliefs, all of those are being destroyed by the panic. Notice, none of these people, not Adam Schiff or anybody, are showing you scientific evidence, studies you can read to prove that what we're saying might be wrong or that misinformation, when they say we're sharing misinformation, you'll never see an example of exactly what misinformation it is that we're sharing that is not correct. You'll never see an example because they have none. Instead, they've deferred to martial law, bullying, and the destruction of the First Amendment, and a forced vaccination program looking to take away any exemption you have to opt out of this program being driven by the most powerful lobby in Washington. This is a very, very scary time. And the amount of people that are buying into this brainwashing, using something like a trivial childhood illness to be terrified and say, everyone must give up their rights. Your children are not your children. Your children are property of the United States government. That is what the laws that remove exemptions are saying. If you cannot control the government injecting things into your children you have no control over, then you might want to go and look at the Nuremberg Code, which said we will never do that. After and German doctors in Nazi Germany injected and performed procedures and experiments on innocent children, we hung the 16 doctors that were in there. And we developed the Nuremberg Code that said we will never use any force or coercion to force a patient into any medical decision. You will be told all the benefits and all the possible negative side effects, and you'll be allowed to make a choice. We are destroying the Nuremberg Code. We are destroying the First Amendment. Why? Why? Because 700 people have a rash and a fever right now in America. We need to check in with ourselves because this is going to get very, very dangerous. And the one thing I want to make sure I get through to anybody that's listening right now, if you think that the pharmaceutical industry is outspending oil and gas, think about that. The industry that makes fortunes off of wars in the Middle East, off of oil and digging for oil and the opening of oil reserves in you know, national parks and that fight, they are being outspent two to one by an industry that makes drugs and vaccines. What do you think they're doing there? Do you think that they are buying politicians and putting them in office and convincing them that the 2% of unvaccinated children are really why we're all in danger? The 2% of unvaccinated kindergartners? Do you think that's what this is really about? Because if you do, then there's a bridge in Brooklyn I would like to sell you. Because if you really look at what's happening here, there is an agenda. They have a product Unlike every other product they lie and get sued for and lose lawsuits all the time, they have a product they can't be sued for called vaccines. They have the only product, that product you can't sue for is the only product that doesn't have to go through a safety study because it's a biologic and they act like we are be under attack uh, from a biological weapon, which we are not. 
And so no safety studies, no liability, and it's the only part the government of the United States and governments around the world are forcing upon innocent people. Now, they are not fighting to get 2% of our kindergartners vaccinated because that's going to be a cash flow. The future is the adult-forced vaccination program. It's already listed on Health and Human Services' own website. It's called Healthy People 2020, and it's a 100% vaccine compliance by adults. There's about 10 vaccines now that adults are supposed to be getting that they aren't. There are 270 vaccines in the pipeline that have been approved, and there's thousands of vaccine trials going on as we speak. You've been told that vaccines don't make money, but they're now 20 and 30% of the revenue of the major companies we're talking about. And guess what? The moment they take away all of our exemptions by making us afraid of measles and measles in our babies, that will come the adult vaccination program. You say, well, over my dead body, am I going to vaccinate? Well, yeah, that's what you think now. But guess what? You would be the first one to go and get that religious exemption or that philosophical exemption because you're going to say to yourself, hey, man, I haven't had a vaccine in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I'm doing just fine. They know that, and they know you would use the exemption. That's why they're taking them away based on the children. And then watch out for real ID. This is the ID that every state is looking to pass to take away our passports and our driver's license. They're celebrating that it's going to have all of your medical records. And guess what? You won't be able to get one if you are not compliant with your yearly vaccines as an adult. That means you can't get on a plane. You can't drive a car. You can't join the union. You can't go to your job until you're lined up and injected with things that the government thinks you need. Forget, take the word vaccines out of it. You are talking about the government having control of your body. And I want to warn people. There are people that think Donald Trump is the most dangerous human being that's ever run the most powerful country in the world. There are people that think Hillary Clinton was going to be the most dangerous person. But either way, whatever side of the coin you're on, you have a belief that it's possible to elect someone that will put us all in danger. Well, now imagine that that person is holding a syringe that they get to inject into you without you having any say in the discussion. That is the future that's ahead of us. And imagine if that president doesn't like Latinos, doesn't like African-Americans, doesn't like gays, lesbians, or bisexuals. And that president is the one putting into place the head of the CDC without an election by the people, the head of the FDA, the head of the EPA, the head of the National Institute of Health, who are all deciding what vaccines or what injections you are going to get. Imagine suddenly African-Americans are having trouble giving birth. That's what happened in India and Africa. Do you know that India kicked the Gates Foundation out of India because they recognized that their, their women were being sterilized by a vaccination program? Yes. All of this is real. All of this is happening. And all of us need to wake up now and stand up and say, we must always have a choice of what is injected into our children and ourselves. Or we have absolutely learned nothing from our history. Yes, absolutely. It's all about freedom. And we're at the end of my show. And I love this conversation with you today, Dell. And I just want to thank you. I mean, you're definitely a hero. You're making a difference in this world. And I thank you for all of your efforts. Thank you for having me. And thank you for having this discussion. 
let's do it again. It's very, very important. Uh, and, you're, and Del, you're always welcome on my show, and I encourage my listeners to uh, watch High Wire. It's, it's awesome. So you take care. you healthy, happy, and motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel and also on KFNX. Make sure you tune in next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. I've had amazing guests on my show, including Del Bigtree, and it's all about a natural approach, getting healthy, eating organic foods, living a healthy lifestyle. Once you get healthy, you can work with your doctor to reduce your uh, need for uh, medications. And I encourage, I just want to mention this one more time, please get Dissolving Illusions book by Dr. Suzanne Humphreys so you can learn the forgotten history about disease and vaccines because years ago people lived in terrible conditions and a lot of people have forgotten about this and that's why there was like a spread of illness, many illnesses. Um, So thank you for tuning in today. Wishing all of you a wonderful week. for being a part of the show this week. Tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper, can be heard live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Kristen can't wait to speak again next week.